This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest end of season review show. And, uh, it's a little bit of an unscripted chat, not because in any way that we couldn't be bothered to do any work. Uh, that would be a complete lie. Um, and now, if DR can switch the camera angle, I can introduce my panel. Look, look at them all. <laughs> first, up, first up, director DR Kernas. Hello, how are we doing? All right. Why do you call me director? Because you have power. You can change, you can like make people's heads bigger. <laughs> you can mute people, unmute people, get rid of video, kick people out of the call. You've just got too much power now. Yeah. Um, how are we all doing? Yeah, all right. I mean, you know, looking forward to your pearls of wisdom on the season. But um, yeah, but we'll come to that. In the middle, we have the, it's, it's Samantha Clacker. Hello, Sam. Hello. You're here right. to uh, take us through a quiz at some point. Of course. Which we haven't yeah. really talked about how that's going to work in the current format. <laughs> You know, there's going to be spending. awkwardly, yeah. But and the other thing you're going to do is to sit there looking interested, isn't it? And nodding. Um, That's yeah. the plan. A laughing in all the right places as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I think we'll, we'll go. We'll go to Mr. Albert Curley next. Hello, Albert. Hello, mate. Just click the unmute button there just before I started talking. Yeah. You having some trouble, weren't you, a minute ago with the with the mic? sort of pop shield rest that you thought was behind you yeah I, and I now I can, I can only see it behind you now but now you've touched oh, does look- i thought oh don't do that <laughs> I, uh, I, thought, I thought i'd left the hoover out and it was over there and i looked around because it threw me and then it's only when i came back around here and got to about there i thought oh it's that I'm just a bit. I'm a bit perturbed at the wide angle lens on my machine i didn't think you'd see so much of the the room and I'm very aware that the little play area down there is a, a mess, so I can only apologise. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not judging you, but there will be people who are. Um, I think that's uh, that's from when Albert threw his toys out of his pram when Watford went down. <laughs> <laughs> and th- those were the dulcet tones of Mr. Sam Hesketh. Hello. Hello. Um, Hello. I don't have my glasses on, because if I put my glasses on, you just have big white screens, so I can't really see. 
I saw I've got that going on anyway. Did you not so... go for the anti-glare coating at the opticians for only £25 no, extra lens? I'm not rich. How, how much extra lens did you say, Albert? I thought I thought it was 25 quid a lens. I don't have that. I don't have that Although, sort of money to think about. I mean, that's what I thought it said on the price list, but you know, I was in the optician, <laughs> so it could have said anything. Oh dear. So you know, um, we're all we've had a, a weird season, haven't we? Of it all, um, Palace haven't been the most inspiring, and we've had the the oddity of that COVID break. And I think overall, I would say it seems like a lot of the fans are kind of fed up with the, <laughs> with Palace as a whole. But we've got the task of going back to the very start of the season. And thinking about how we felt. We'll also be going through some of the uh, fan questions we've had sent in. Uh, and also just a quick word for our sponsor, which is Pitch Sport Football. Uh, if you Google Pitch Sport Football, download their app in time for next season. They're going to continue supporting us next season as well. Um, and any other sponsors we don't have um, could, could potentially become sponsors, like beer, beer sponsors. So that is, a, that is Orbit Beer, Beer Peel Belgian Pale. And that is named after DJ John Peel. Interesting. Uh, we've got another. We've got another sponsor. Another sponsor is. Yeah. Uh, my wife is Mexican, so I like Mexican beer. Give me some. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to. I hate to make it awkward. But I don't think we're going to get any sponsorship from John Peel. I don't know if that's what you're going for, Ham. No, no. I mean, I don't think he has any say in the brewery itself. It's all bit brewery. I was going Fine. for. Fine. Uh, I made, I made a lovely uh, elderflower sour beer as well that I had the other day. Very nice. Mm. If Terence was here, oh. he'd be applauding, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. I was trying to, I was trying to cover that gap because, um, of course, he dropped out quite late, didn't he? So, yeah. What yeah. was his excuse? Double booked, apparently. Uh, and I, I would be wrong with me to say that he blamed his wife. Yeah, I thought I, I don't know if I read it wrong. He said, "I've been double booked by my wife. My mum's coming round," which make which. Why is yeah. why, <laughs> you should be inviting your mum round, shouldn't you? Like he's, yeah. he's, he's all he's done is oust himself as a, a, a shit host and a terrible cunt. <laughs> wow, absolutely right. Sorry, I'm just looking around for stuff. This is the problem with the uh, the video format. Is usually I can I can sort of search around and do other stuff while Dia's talking nonsense, but um, it's a bit go. more visible this time. So um, well, it's starting already. No, it's just it's just the way things have to be, Kerners. Well, you're not going to be on mute right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so at some point we'll have a we'll have a quiz. Loving me prepared by Sam. How angry will I get about the quiz questions, Sam? Uh, not that angry. No, will they no. reward people with knowledge, or do they reward people who can just guess? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the above. All right. Depends on your knowledge sphere. My knowledge sphere. What is a knowledge sphere? Honestly, Jeez. it's your head, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mine's more of an oval. Is that the right mm. right word? Depends oval. on your knowledge. Oval doesn't oh, sound right. No, no. I'm going to back out of this conversation pretty quickly. Got a lot of editing to do, dear. I think. Um, yeah. But look, let's let's talk about. It. We had we had we would have had our expectations at the start of the season, and. Um, if we try and try and get a little bit of perspective, how do you think that those those the season itself stood up? Um, I'll start with you, DR, since you're top left. You know, what did you think at the start of the year? Can you remember that far ago? Well, start of the year, um, what happened? We it, it was Wilf that was rumored to leave the club. We lost to Everton. 
Um, I can't even remember about the results that much. Um, I think we started off well because all season long, I remember not us fighting for relegation. So, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird way to go into the season because of what happened with Wilf in the summer. But yeah, I, I didn't have much expectations really to go into the season, and you can see it throughout the season we've been a mediocre team. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't the best football to watch last year, um, but I think I, you know, I personally I went into it with a bit of hope and. That things might be better and we might see the emergence of some younger players, but that very much didn't happen. How about yourself? Oh, who am I going to pick first? Who's ready? You looks ready. Out, uh, let's go if you look ready. Oh, take that, Albert. Um, yeah, I, I just remember, I remember being in Switzerland for the pre season game and um, not being super confident for the season ahead. And then we let a goal in after about two minutes, I think. And then I just got really pissed. And I think if I'd have continued that for the whole season, it would have been a much more entertaining season. <laughs> I, I remember I remember being annoyed at the transfer window because we hadn't yeah. fought well, which sort of is a running theme, isn't it? Um, but yeah, like you say, mediocre pretty much all the way through. Yeah, I mean, you're right again. We had, a, we had another poor transfer window. You know, the summer always promises a lot and never really delivers. But I think, you know, we're kind of, kind of got used to that over the last few years but perhaps that's you know something to be said in defense of Roy which I dare say we'll talk about a lot but I suppose just again from you Albert you haven't had a chance to say what your expectations were and whether they were met or not by by what you look back at well it's been so so miserable for you know most of recent memory uh, but I can't actually remember what my expectations were um but yeah I remember like the Zaha saga sort of rambled on probably a bit too long in the in the in the summer and there was the sort of arsenal bid that maybe was maybe wasn't and then obviously everton coming in and obviously our first game was everton and that kind of put a bit of a weird you know a weird mood on the opening game and i mean i can't i can't say i remember the everton game very well i know they went down to 10 men and you know i just remember sort of thinking you know we were we weren't bad and it was listen it was only the first game but then you know you look at Sheffield United and we always do it you know it was reminiscent of Huddersfield a few seasons ago where you think oh it's a new newly promoted side we should get something out of this and you know we got royally tucked up by them um and then just sort of looking at the results I didn't realize how early that victory at Old Trafford was um that felt like much later in the season when things were going a bit yeah. better uh yeah, and then you know and then out to Colchester so it wasn't a, it wasn't off to a great start and you know we um the season sort of fizzled out so it's kind of been it's been a bit of a strange one i, I was having this conversation with a qpr fan today he was like yeah but you know what is your aim you know you've stayed up you're never in danger which is which is true but it gets to a point where and i don't want to sound like a charlton or a stoke fan you you do you do hope for a little bit more um and yeah, something it, it sort of it went a bit stagnant, I think, this season. And you know, we didn't score any many goals. It was a bit of a damp squib on the whole. Yeah, I mean, those opening two games really sum it up for me. That's that's the sad thing, really. The Everton game, you know, we obviously first game of the season at home. We had the the singing section had moved to the new location. There was a lot of excitement in general about how you know we're going to be this. You know, the atmosphere was going to get back to its best, and you know we were going to start the season with a win like you always hope you will and it was just the most boring negative game of football you could possibly imagine 
And then to, you know, like you say, to follow up to, with that game against Sheffield United. Now, obviously, we weren't to know how just how well Sheffield United would do throughout the course of the season. But that was, that was again, that was us showing a real lack of ambition against a manager who was doing something really different. You looked at the team that, that started against us and you wouldn't have picked any of them to come and play on our side, yet they, they dominated the, the whole game. Um, yeah, so it really, for me, it really set the tone. And I, I, I very early on, I was... Be honest, you know, most of you know I was pretty fed up with Roy back end of the previous season, um, but it really set the tone for me at the start of the year. And I and I had several times had to sort of flip flop after results started started the upturn. But you know, I, I kind of not sure what that sound was. I kind of feel now like I did probably after the Sheffield United game, which was just about basically a, a season of potentially missed opportunities. So. Um, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I don't know how much to add for that. I mean, maybe, maybe Sam, maybe you, Sam, Sam Clacker, might have some pearls of wisdom to help us out there. You can call me Samantha if you like, if it makes things easier. Uh, I prefer to overcomplicate it by referring to two different people as Sam. Fair enough. Um, see, I at the beginning of the season, like Albert said, I thought, okay, we're going into Everton. There's been the Zaha stuff. It might be an exciting game, and it wasn't. And then I was kind of interested to see how VAR was going to work as well, because it was new for the league and maybe some of the opportunities that we had um, not been able to capitalise on in terms of penalties and um, cards and things like that would have come up. But it doesn't seem to have done that. So that's a disappointment. Yeah, definitely. We had all that talk to me before the season started. Everyone was like, "Oh, at least we're going to get a bunch of penalties now because of Zaha finally getting getting the uh, the justice he deserves." But it didn't quite pan out that way. Uh, but you, you, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the the, the highlights of the season, both negatively and positively. Um, you've mentioned Albert there the the two one win against Man United, and that was a real high because. It was a decent performance more than anything. Uh, you know, IU's opening goal was love, a lovely finish. But we, we were just really solid in that game. And um, and it looked like that those opening two games were us finding our feet. But um, I think arguably that was that was probably one of, if not the peak of the season, at least one of them. Yeah, I mean, decent, decent performance, poor quality stream. And uh, I remember, I remember having both those goals goals spoiled. In fact, that was that was the day that I uh, deleted the Palace app on my phone because I'd get the I'd get the ping on my my phone that somebody had scored, and you know I'm watching for another minute, and then it's like oh hey, we've scored. So that's the day I deleted that app. It was annoying me, uh, but it was a fantastic performance, and I think the the real. Um, the real sort of false dawn in that game was that <clears throat> you know Benteke and, and Ayu looks like a, a real a real combination. Um, you know, Benteke sort of looked that the player that we I think most people have come to accept that he is now. He's not he's not an out goal scorer anymore. You know, we're we're gonna be lucky if we have he ever if he ever hits double figures in a season again, but it's what he allows the other players around him to do. And I think Ayu definitely benefited from that that day. And we saw it a few times later in the season. But um Again, fantastic performance and and much deserved. And you know, you look at how you look at what United went on to do this year, and you know, finished the season really strong. And I know they obviously signed Fernandez in January, who we didn't face back in August. But you know, they're 
they're a quality outfit on you know most weeks of the season and you know we we did ourselves really proud and you know but it's it's typical palace you know we, we follow it up you know going out to colchester on pens in the cup but in isolation you're probably right chris that was the highlight of the season it's just a shame that it came in game three we weren't even in <laughs> september Absolutely right. And I really am struggling to think of any, any other time when I was more positive than that. And I think obviously the joy of it being a, a late injury time goal as well and, and, you know, PVA getting forward, arguably De Gea should have done a bit better with the with the finish. But, you know, it was a joyous moment and quite rightly everyone was giving Roy the, the plaudits off the back of it. But um, testing your memories now, but I'll, I'll go to you now, DR, and see if you, can you think of a, maybe a best or worst game of the season for you? My my best game of the season has to be probably Brighton away, um, due to the fact that I went to that game and we managed to beat them. Um, There's nothing really. Um, I mean, it, that that on occasion is special going to a game and away game and seeing your team win, especially with Palace, um, considering how the season went. But the fact that we went to Brighton and won that game, but the worst game of the season, I think that's season because we've had things this season where. I don't know where to decide. I mean, we've only scored 41 goals in 38 games. Um, so pretty much, I, I can't really pick the worst game of the season. I honestly can't because there's been so many games where, despite winning, of course, the points matter, but it's just been so dull to watch and it, it hasn't been excited one bit. And when you look at the end of the season and how we how we actually ended, um, you know, it caught up to us. All them performances, it slowly catch up to us. And we're lucky that we picked up points earlier on in the year. Um, there's been so many dull games. So I can't actually pick. No, fair enough. And I think that's the, that's the fun, funny thing, really, about this season in the sense that you can pick. So, I mean, I would pick, the, for example, the Spurs game where we were absolutely yeah, destroyed in the definitely. first half. Was, yeah, I mean, that that was embarrassing, to be honest with you. you know, it really hurt to be that much worse than, than, than Spurs. I mean... Who weren't even that good at the time. <laughs> no, exactly. They'd really struggled. They were there for the taking. And we just turned up and basically let them play. You know, it was the perfect thing for them because they were lacking confidence and, and belief and time on the ball. And we just turned up and said, well, off you go. Have it. Have a, Play as much as you like. Get your confidence up. And, um, yeah, and that, we'll, we'll sort that right out for you. But that possibly, even though it was really painful conceding quite so many goals, it, it wasn't necessarily more painful than some of the games where you know, we just didn't have any ambition. And you go back to the Colchester game in the Cup, that's where it really started to dawn on me how we we just were not changing our style or our, our approach to any game dependent on the opposition. You would think, although Colchester, I think, went on to beat another Premier League club, I forget who. but Tottenham, I think. It was it. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were not to beat Tottenham. Know, but you look at that game, you just think, if, if we'd approached that game, rather than treating them exactly like a, they were a Premier League opponent and trying to get men behind the ball and keep our shape, if we'd just actually gone after them, and we might have done something a little bit better than we did. But that was a that was a theme throughout the course of the year. Eskif, how about you? Good or good or bad game you want to pick out? Um, I was just trying to think of what performances were particularly bad. And like you say, there was quite a few just because it was so dull. I mean, there was a lot of tepid performances where... We just never looked like doing anything in the game. And the ones that I'm thinking of, particularly at the moment, are the ones like, you know, Leicester that we that we lost fairly recently, where they were in a bad run of form, I think, weren't doing great. And we just sort of let them let them get a goal and then just fell apart. And 
the second half against Wolves was the same, where you're sort of we're chasing a game, but you just know it's not going to happen because we're not trying to do anything. We're not changing personnel, or if we are, it's to bring on a more sort of defensive player or a like for like instead of going attacking. Um, so just like like you say, I think Tottenham is probably the one where we were just absolutely abysmal. Um, I think you can caveat the Liverpool one with the fact that Liverpool were, you know, far and away the best team in the league. Um, but it's just a sort of this sort of falling over for teams, especially in, in, in post lockdown period where, it, like you say, it's just boring. It's just like you go into the game knowing if we let in the first goal, that's it. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to be able to get back into it. Um, to be a bit more positive, uh, I think like DR, I really like the Brighton game. Going there and winning is always fun. Um, but I think that the Bournemouth at home was really good as well. And we obviously had Mama sent off after like 10 minutes or whatever. And as bad as Bournemouth were, I thought we were excellent. It was, it was the one game where we were actually creating stuff and, and really do- dominating the ball. It was strange because we had a man less. Um, but the celebrations for Schlupp's goal in that game were, were some of my favourites for, for ages, just because, you know, you would think we'd get easily beaten by this great footballing team this myth that everyone has about Bournemouth. And I'm sure we'll talk about something else to do with Bournemouth soon. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that was just a fun game because with 10 minutes gone, you just think, well, that's it. We've lost now because we've had a man sent off, but we actually played really well. And it's a shame that we didn't take that sort of mindset and that attitude into, into other games that we could have got better results in. Yeah. And I, I like that you pointed that out because it ha- that has been a, a real uh, bugbear of mine. It's the mentality thing. Um, and when you see moments on the pitch that actually bring the players together like that, you know, with with, with Mamas sending off, which, what you know, was a harsh sending off, and you've you've seen le- you know lesser fouls than that uh, be given as, as as red cards. You've also seen worse fouls being given as yellows or, or nothing. But it just felt really unjust at the time, and it that just galvanised the players. And that's another thing that you wonder about this season for all the criticism levelled at, at Roy. You know why? Obviously, he has a part to play in how. You know how the collective mindset of the players um, is is nurtured, but they've definitely, you know, taken their foot off the gas, especially in the in the post lockdown stuff. And Ray Lunton was was interviewed fairly recently talking about that, and, and he said, you know, Roy does disagree. He says it's not a factor. He doesn't believe that it made any difference whatsoever. That um, we had nothing to play for, but he said he actually he felt differently, and he felt that it's something unavoidable in the players that. You know, once it enters that their, their brain that you know they don't have anything necessarily to play for, and they're playing teams that are fighting for either promotion or to avoid relegation, um, then then it, then they suffer because you only have to drop by that sort of five or ten percent. But I took that point. But then you you know we, we talk about what we're doing now. We're trying to go through you know a list of fixtures if you like in our heads and trying to pick out the moments of joy or the moments that we found negative, and we're finding it hard to focus on either because. It has been such a, a you know, a un, un, uninspiring season, really. But I am glad, I'm glad that you picked out the Brighton game initially, Dr. And that was that was backed up further, um, and that kind of leads me on to to you, Sam. If you've got any um, favourite or non-favourite games, Clacker. Um, yeah, probably favourite is still Brighton away <laughs> because it's so local to where I am and uh, I have so many Brighton supporting uh, friends that it's 
it's always nice when we beat them. Um, but I think the one the one game that I felt was kind of unjust was probably the Liverpool at home game because there is no way that IU took down Van Dyke in the disallowed goal in and uh, I think that should have been a draw. So by that point, I was like, early on in the season, I'm fed up already. So, <laughs> and that's kind of lasted. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there was one thing that did sort of ruin that uh, that Brighton away experience, and of course, it was just before COVID really break. Although there were some, broke, although there were some cases in Brighton, and uh, Chris Clark got drunk and licked my head, didn't he? Quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I held was... my hand for quite a long time. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, held, your, held your hand a lot, licked my head a fair bit, and um, doing his bit to stop the spread of spread of. Disease. I think I was ill then as well. Yeah, you'd gone you'd gone home by that point. Um, no, I no, but you... wasn't I ill at Brighton away? Oh, God, well, I think I, like I was ill. Were. I don't know. Every time you go to an away game, you're you go, away game. You're either ill <laughs> or you need a poo. And, uh, oh, <laughs> let's not talk we, about that. We, we, we promised we promised Mike we wouldn't talk too much about poo stories, or even though you do yeah. have a lot of them. <laughs> um <laughs> man need to release his you know kebabs i can't see them all then <laughs> oh my jeez wow. um actually albert sam you got any football poo stories at all um the football all season has been yeah, that's, yeah that's a fair one yeah um <laughs> no no <laughs> I needed, I, I needed a poo at Arthur's football lesson yesterday, but I don't think I think that we need to go into too much. No, probably not. I like no. how it's got it's got very dark in your background of your house. Yeah, Albert. I do you feel look... like I'm. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the spotlight. <laughs> we need a bit of fill light in here, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's gone quite. Yeah, it's starting just... to look a bit like a bit of criminal, like a criminal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so anyway look we talked a little bit about the matches just interested if we can sort of divert a little bit to players uh who's perhaps been impressed us the most and who've been most disappointed with and you know one thing i was surprised about and I, you know I, I talked quite positively about him last season but really feel like we we missed jeff schlupp after i you know i feel weird admitting it you know you've had a funny season when you start saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. Is that even a good thing though? Is that even no. a like? It's. I don't want to sound harsh, but missing Jeffrey Schlupp, like he's not a bad player, but out of everyone, it it's not a good indication, is it? No, but sounded too harsh. Yeah, but I mean, my expectations are fairly low anyway. But I, I want to go, you know, go on record again as saying I, I have a real issue with him as being played as a central midfielder. Because I think mm. he's appalling as a central midfielder. I think when he has those moments, which he does on the left wing as well, where he just switches off a little bit and doesn't cover back, you cannot get away with that in the midfield. You can just about get away with it if you're playing forward on left, like he has done. But just the direct running that he gives you, and he doesn't do that enough, but he just he just does it more than anyone else does at the moment, um, and that's made a difference. And he's you know he was early on as in the season. You know, either off the bench or um, or starting a game here and there, he was a proper goal threat for us. You know, and, and that made such a big difference in a team that doesn't score many. Um, so, although he was injured for a large proportion of the season, um, I would say he was probably one of those this year that, well, just you know, this year made me appreciate what he does bring to the team uh, as opposed to what he doesn't. Um, so that's that's my kind of 
initial one. I've got a few more, but I'll, I'll hand over to whoever wants to speak next. I mean, I missed I missed Jeffrey Schlupp in the way that if Jeffrey Schlupp is on the pitch or on the bench, you're more likely to see Roy try and do like a sub. You know, like I, I didn't I didn't miss the the play. I missed the concept of Jeffrey Schlupp. <laughs> Because he's the one player that Roy tries to do something slightly different with. I'm not saying I always like what Roy does with Jeffrey Schlatt, but at least, like, oh, central midfield this week, or yeah. oh, fullback, or left attacking left midfielder. Like, I, I, I missed, I missed what he, uh, the flexibility of what he does, and the slight difference he might make on the rest of the starting lineup. Without it, yeah. we, we just knew what we we're getting every week. I know exactly what you mean. Because of Roy's insane desire to shoehorn him in anywhere, he had to actually think creatively, tactically, to try and accommodate that. So, yeah, I'll give you that. Um, but have you got any any other players that you feel are worthy of a mention for either good or bad reasons? Uh, well, I've been... I feel, I feel it's harsh, but maybe it's not harsh. I've just been incredibly... And I don't know why I'm disappointed, because I wasn't like punching the air when we signed him but I just think James McCarthy has just come in and, and brought a whole big bag of media, even mediocre might be too too exciting a <laughs> word to describe James McCarthy in my opinion um you know he, he, people say yeah, he's good at he's good at getting other getting other people's faces and and mixing it up a bit but you know we we need a little bit more than that to sort of you know put put a mark on our team He's he's taken set set piece duty set piece duty every now and then. Doesn't seem to have any real quality there. And I know we didn't like blow ten million quid on him, but I just don't. See, I, again, apart from the fact that he was a player that could be rotated and used every now and then, certainly during post lockdown football. I I mean, can anybody give me anything of note that he that he he did in the season? No, I think you know people do speak you know speak well of him about you know how like you say he's in everybody's face you know oh, I love his energy I love how his commitment I love that what a what a shit house he is and all this kind of stuff and it, yeah but I, I'm with you Albert I don't see what he really he's had a couple of half, half decent games where I've thought you know he looks like because he, he he was a very good player for Everton probably three four years ago um, and and I've seen little signs of that but. He used to, and it's not his fault, but Roy used to annoy me talking about him and saying, oh, how, how great he was and how we're all going to see how brilliant a player he is um, and that he, we'll get him back to his best. And, you know, he sings his praises. He's, you know, he did it at least three, four times throughout the course of the season. You know, and you won't hear him speak positively about anybody else, you know, who's who's a fringe player working hard to get into the team. So it just kind of proved the point that he was a signing that Roy went for. He's, he's always going to be one of Roy's favourites. Um and he just he's just the same type of player than any of the players he can he can re, he can replace in that that central midfield and it's just annoying and it's probably not his fault uh, and he's not a terrible footballer but i agree he doesn't really bring a huge amount to this to the squad. It, it, it goes it, it sort of goes back to what we're talking about schlup like was it that which game was it the games were so thick and fast towards the end of the season when it when the central midfield was macarthur mccarthy and schlup it was like oh my you know it was yeah. Club is actually linked with a move away from the club. I don't. It's, I think it came out today, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, five million pounds to yeah. Villa. Um, I don't. How many pounds? We wouldn't mind that. Five million. <laughs> I you said eight hundred pounds, and I, and, I, and I didn't sniff at that, to be honest. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, bite, bite their hands off for five million quid, you know. But it's Roy's player, though. I mean, he's he's not going to change it about. So if he won't be happy if you lose McCarthy, as crazy as it might sound. Yes, he hasn't done much, but if you get rid of McCarthy, then even though Roy's got a year left in his contract, he might not be too happy about that. Oh, that's a shame. He'll have to leave them, won't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's up to the board. Mate, I mean, Roy's getting on. Maybe we could convince him that James McCarthy is still at the club, but <laughs> just somehow good with Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's him over there. That's him. There he is. There he is. No, don't bring him over. Don't bring him over. He's got high temperature. Roy, you're still shielding. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, um, uh, you know, the, in terms of players that have disappointed, actually no, let's, let's, sorry, Heske, if you've got to have a turn in terms of players that have either impressed or dis- depressed you. Heske looks very frozen. He's, he's very still, isn't he? <laughs> what has he seen? Zoom in on him. They are. They are. What has he seen? He's absolutely the shot. Don't let it go. I'm gonna, I've got to no, 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 put it back. No, no. Put it back. Yeah, 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 I've yeah. got a screen grab that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. He's seen some horrors. He was... Yeah. Now, tell you what, put him back on. Put him back on. Leave him up. I like the Alberts and Watford fan. Uh, uh, I didn't like anything because I'm really miserable. Uh, Oh, the dog's done Uh, a shit. Oh, you're milking it. Now it's on me. Oh, Oh, we lost him. Hopefully, he'll he'll come back. That's the best insight he's had all season. Oh, other, other Sam, whilst whilst previous Sam has gone missing for some reason, some presumably something that surprised him a lot. Um, who were your who were your favourite players this season, or non-favourite players? I, I mean, I thought Riedeveld was pretty versatile, but yes, and... good shout, good shout on Riedeveld. Played sort of... well at left back, didn't he? Got, then got did a right bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he still doesn't get consistent minutes though. No. That's no. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just trying to see if uh, if Heskov's gonna make that same face again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch it later. I'll just, oh no. You, Albert yeah. Albert had a fun. Albert started talking and I just thought, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> you look like something terrible had happened just in front of you and you were just frozen in fear. Albert, Albert was talking. Yeah. yeah. But um but yeah we'll watch that back because we yeah, I can't wait. literally everything just went black on the screen. And then I was trying to type in the box saying should I just refresh? And then it just closed the tab. So who knows? Well I threw I threw a question to you and you you were yeah you were seemingly frozen. Very, very rude. <laughs> very rude. Oh, sorry, sorry. So it's really just to get your uh, your in further input onto uh, any players who you felt perform well or, or above your expectations or below your expectations this year. Ooh, below. Um, much as I love him, I think Luke has had a bad season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his everything that you sort of liked about him or do like about him still uh, as a player just it just didn't happen this year, and I know. He's had sort of patches where he hasn't been great in previous seasons, but this year was just consistently bad, I thought. Um, and when you're playing 
the sort of football we're playing and you don't really have much creative spark to have someone who's usually quite reliable not that he's the creative spark but you know what I mean someone who's quite reliable to let everyone else around them play when he's struggling I think then you're sort of relying on the others to 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 do part of his job and there's only so much James MacArthur can do you know I love Jimmy and I think he's had a pretty good season but yeah Luca really off the pace um like Albert, I think James McCarthy has been bang average. If, if that, uh, I'm not impressed by him. I don't really know what he gives us. Um, I saw someone say that he was the best passing midfielder at the club, which is odd because I haven't seen him pass the ball forward in about six months. Um, anyone who's been good, I mean, Cahill was pretty good. We should have we should have started with who who's impressed because it'd have been yeah, a, it's a very short list. Yeah, why don't we talk about Jordan Ayew? I mean, going into the season, our expectations of him, he was not even going to be a starter. I, I didn't expect him to start the game. I thought he'd come off the bench and just run around and maybe get an odd goal or two. But it's been crazy for him this season. He was our star man, and without him, right now, we'll probably be in the relegation zone. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. No, and I'm and I'm I'm certainly not disagreeing with you. He was our star man, but apart from apart from Ayu and Guaita, who had a few how you know not as many not as, not Hennessy howlers, but he had you know had his fair share of howlers. Who who realistically would have challenged Ayu for Player of the Season? You know, it's it was that is that's a different it, question. Now. It, was ju- it was just it was just about a two horse race, you know. And um, and I'm not taking anything away from Ayu at all. He did he, he had a fantastic season and. Scored some amazing goals and scored the most goals, but um, it, I think I think it's really dire, you know. And I, I don't want to put the boot in on him, but you know, Wilf Wilf has to go in there as as being a bit of a disappointment. You know, he tried his best, always tries his best. It's hard to dribble around, you know, four players that are trying to kick lumps out of you and and have no real option or any outlet on the other side of the pitch. Um, but I hate to sound like Roy Hodgson with what Wilf is potentially capable of we have to be disappointed and if this is his last season his last few games for palace it has kind of it has kind of fizzled out um and i, I and i'm and i'm not saying it to be harsh i'm not saying i want he needs to go or we should sell him and oh he's useless he's not as good as he thinks he is but it, you know when you have a, play, a a talismanic player like that you know you do and and, and the coaching staff do you know we all have our hopes pinned on wilf because he's head and shoulders above everybody else or should be um so it's it's disappointing, for, you know, from a from a fan from a fan perspective, that he hasn't been um, anywhere near his best this season. Yes, but it, it, um, sorry, one second. That's that's my door. So you guys carry on talking. Avon, <laughs> do you think? Do you, do you think? <laughs> do you think it's Will's fault that like it sounds crazy, but the way that we've set up this season, it's been. You've been asking Wilf basically to go back and track back and mm-hmm. do have a lot of defense duty. So, in a way, I'm like, yes, he could have done better, but the way that we were set up, he was not in a position to succeed. Yeah, hundred percent. He's definitely not been utilized uh, in, in the most effective way. And like I say, he has he has three, four players on him in a flash, and you know the the best players in the world struggle with that and. And often the best players in the world have a better quality of player around them to, like I say, to find that pass. And if we, you know, think back to when we had Zaha and Balassi, you know, if one was getting ganged up on, the other one would find space. And we don't have that. Andros Townsend, another one on the disappointment list, certainly post lockdown, you know, looks looks a shadow of the player that 
he has he has done over the last few seasons. And he said that he said that himself, didn't he? And he yeah, I like, anything interview. anything that yeah. Andros says, I, I've got to say he, he's like I said, whilst as equally as disappointed as I am with him on the on the, his performance on the pitch. The, you know, like you say, the fact the fact that he he's aware of it, and I mean, he talks a lot of sense, and I've got a lot of time for Andros Townsend. Um, but we've had we've had nobody, we've had nobody apart from maybe Ayu occasionally, just to try and take that pressure off Wilf. And, and like you say, Theo, that that is not Wilf's fault, and I I'm not here putting the boot in on Wilf. But when we, you know, we've it's essentially we've been spoiled. You know, we've had him probably three seasons longer than I would have expected him to be at the club. Um, and it's it's just a shame that it feels like it's it's really fizzled out, and and he does have to go on the, the list of players that's been a disappointment. You can go into how much do you think it is? How much do you think he's worth right now, then? Because there's that question where, of course, he wants to leave the club, but in a year or two, he's going to be what 29, 30 years old. So ideally, if the club are selling wealth, then now would be the perfect time if you're looking at value. But if you don't look at value, then. He's got to have lost twenty million off of his his value from last year, isn't he? Especially if you look after, at both, especially after Roy put a boot on him on the <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, dare don't, say don't uh, buy this house; it's falling down. But yeah. please feel free to look round. You know, <laughs> what are you doing, Roy? Yeah, I mean, I imagine Roy's employers probably felt quite similar at that comment. I would suggest as well. Oh, it was it was ridiculous, and then you know people were defending him, and this is what really gets me about the, the Wilf debate. Because you can't, it's really difficult to, to try and reach people when, they, when you're arguing with them because they, they always think straight away that if they criticise Wilf and you say, hold on a second, and you try and give them reasons why Wilf might be struggling, like, you know, DR's just been explaining and you've been explaining. If you try and give them that explanation, they're like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just defending him for no good reason. It's like, well, actually, first of all, some of these people criticising him, I don't think remember what it was like when Wilf came through into the team and the fact that, I still feel he almost single-handedly got us promotion in the first place, but, um, but but you know it's kind of a double-edged sword because those people who do remember those days, they still expect him to be breezing past three or four players every single second of every single game, and you know I I get that to a point, and and I will all, and I will always concede that it's been a poor season for Wilf, but to basically talk about him the way some people are and say that. It's, you know, oh, he doesn't give a shit about Palace. He doesn't want to play for us anymore. He's just down tools. He's sulking, blah, 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 blah. So first of all, his on-pitch persona has not changed from when he was a teenager, really. In fact, if anything, he's slightly more mellow than he was. You know, But he has been an emotional player forever. He's always one of those who gets wound up and opposition uh, players will target him. But the, you know, the biggest problem goes back to exactly what you've been saying earlier on, which is... We only have one real way of playing. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if opposition teams nullify Wilfred Zaha, we've got nothing in the tank whatsoever anywhere else on that pitch to, to do anything different. So Wilf gets hung out to dry for, for that reason, for effectively being marked out of a game. And that's what's frustrating. But the level of disrespect, even if you think that that's, bull, that's a load of bollocks and he's not as good as, as, as people are making out, I think he is. I think he's one of the best players ever to play for Palace. But if you don't agree with that, you still shouldn't be disrespecting a player who's came come through our ranks and given us so many years. Um, when when he is recognised as one of the best players outside the top six and has been for quite some time, it's just absolute lunacy to to lay into him. So, what do you think? What going to back to Dr's question then? What do you what do you think? What's the what's the price tag at the moment? Yeah, fifty mil probably. If if that. 
I said I said it last season, and I, I I'd have if 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 it was up front, I'd have taken the forty-five last season because I, I couldn't see I couldn't see especially especially after the the Everton debacle, and you know by all accounts he came out and said he he wanted to move. I couldn't see how f- fast forwarding a year that we were ever going to get any more than that because and again you know I'm. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm looking back and sort of claiming some sort of clairvoyance, which I'm I'm not intending on doing. But you know, I, I don't see if 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 we got I, I, people didn't really know what the Everton offer was. Some people said it was fifty, fifty-five. I'd have taken the Arsenal forty-five, knowing that you know the the player himself is you know he's an Arsenal fan by all reports, and I think that's a good move for him. And I I just couldn't see how we were ever going to get any more than that you know, in 12 months' time. He would have been a year older. He would have had to have an even better season than the ones he'd had to for people to obviously bring their expectations up of his worth to, you know, how we value him. Um, I, I'm, I, I worry. If, I, I don't think we get any offers above 40 now, to be honest. I, I don't know if anyone else would take that. I, I think we have to take it, whatever it is now. I think that's the problem. We're now backed into a corner where... There's only so many times you can say to say to Wilf, you know, well, yeah, we'll let you go if we get the right offer. But you know, if we're expecting someone to rock up and pay seventy million quid, I think we, I think we're dreaming. They've just paid, you know, forty million for City. Look like they're going to pay forty million for Aki, um, yeah. which skews the whole market. But I, I cannot see anyone coming anywhere near, anywhere near fifty for us. But well, that's the problem. It's like Wilf wants to leave, and I don't think I really don't think the club will sell him for less than 50 million. And I don't see anyone coming in for more than uh, even even 50 million. I don't see anyone paying that right now because let's let's take a step back and look at it as a neutral. Like, look at his stats this season, assists and goals. I know it doesn't show all everything, but it, it ha- he hasn't performed in that level, and you expect his production to go up. So I don't blame clubs, but then you got an issue. Well, he wants to leave, no one's going to pay him for it pay for him so what you, you're you just going to keep him at a club and what if he doesn't perform at the levels that he can and will next season I'm, I'm not saying that his performance are going to drop but it's a possibility because we keep holding him back so it's just natural like he wants to progress and we keep keeping him at Palace and I understand every party involved I understand their reasonings but it's, it is worrying because you can see something like that happen potentially where Wilf is like, all right, enough is enough. I, I can't be bothered anymore because you're not being realistic with your value with me. Yeah. But then surely, sorry, his um, performance increases his value. He performs better. He's more likely to get to the better clubs and it all tailed off this season. But, but- it doesn't work like that, though, be, because yeah. look, you look at the tactics well, it, this season, he can't perform better. <laughs> he can't because he's, well, not, he's not put in a position to. Well, it's, it's, I think there's truth on both sides of it, as, as always, because there's no doubt, whether it's his fault or not, there's no doubt that the way he has performed, especially probably since we come down, come back from lockdown, that won't have done him any favours in getting the biggest move possible at all. There's no, there's no doubt whatsoever that I mean, what I can't remember, what was a game now where he just literally didn't move? It was doing my head. In. I think it was the Leicester game where, for whatever reason, he and he was completely different when he played against Chelsea. When he played against Chelsea, he ran with the ball. He took people on. You know, he, he, he was playing centrally, drifting out wide, doing lots of different things, being the Wilfred Zaha we know. And he you know, got a very good goal in that game. 
I'm pretty sure it was the Leicester game where every time he picked the ball up, he just didn't run with it. He just wasn't Wilfred Zaha. And those sorts of things will be, that'll be where, you know, a scout look at it or a manager look at it and will go, yeah, you know what? He's he's past his best. You know, they talk about people peaking at sort of 27, 28. Maybe he had an earlier peak and he's just not the player he was because, you know, he was just too eager to look for a sideways pass. Now, the argument would always be how much of that was down to him and how much of that was down to the instructions he had from the manager. And that's, that's the book we won't, we won't know. But what Sam was saying is absolutely true. If he, he's got, he's got, you know, and he's had that this whole season. He's had to walk that tightrope of not really wanting to be at Palace because let's face it, he wanted to leave. So he's got that psychologically. He's got that problem straight away. He, he didn't want to be here, but he knows he has to play for Palace as well as he possibly can to actually get the move that he wants. And you know, this season wouldn't have helped either the club or him at all in in that respect because you know it was a poor season. Take, and I think the, I think the problem is going to be moving on if he does stay next season because no one will pay the money and we do keep Roy. It's hard to see how that doesn't that trend doesn't continue. So if his if his value is depreciated and he's playing more defensively and he's not the wolf that we know that can take players on. You know, you remember that game a few years ago when we beat Watford two one. And um, MacArthur scored and Wilf basically beat half their team and, and knocked it back to him for the goal. You don't see him didn't do that. Didn't get an assist. He didn't get an assist. But you don't see him do that anymore. And, and every time he gets a ball and he has space in front of him, I get excited that he's going to do what we all know he can do and just run the player, run the defender, take him on. And he doesn't want to do it. And like, like, like Hambo said, I, I, you know, I think that's to do with management, but also... If he gets in his own head and he just doesn't want to do it, then you know it's it's disappointing for everyone. And like you say, he's our only real creative spark. We don't have another winger on the other side that can do it if Will's not performing or if Will's been double marked. And I think you know it, it seems from like Roy's odd comment in the press about Will that it seems that those two are at loggerheads. So when Roy says, "Oh, we can't make him like us," I think Will likes Palace just fine. Not saying he doesn't want to go. But I don't think Wolf dislikes Palace. I think he, he, I think he loves Palace and he's very fond of us. But I think it's Roy now that he's probably got an issue with. And if Roy does stay on, which is at the moment looks like it's going to happen, um, and we just played the same way, which, you know, even if we do buy new players, we don't know that Roy's going to play him or change the way he plays looking at this season. Then I think Wolf's going to be in trouble because it's going to be more of the same. Which, which then is a knock-on effect to the club trying to get money for him because we ain't going to. No, I here's completely a, agree. Here's another question. Take take price tag completely out of it. Which which teams in the Premier League of high of significantly higher stature that are in Europe, how many of those teams do you think need Wilfred Zaha? Because that's the other concern I have for him as, as someone looking to, to move on to further their career. I think Everton would still probably take him and he'd get a game there most weeks. But, you know, who he doesn't he, he doesn't get into the Liverpool team, he doesn't get into the City team. I don't know if I, I don't know how he feels about Man United on a personal level. But I, I think that's the only reason. It's Man United, I think. Other than Man United, I, I I'm just trying Spurs, to think. Spurs, Arsenal, you know. Yeah, like, I think Spurs, yeah, both Spurs and Arsenal, I think he, he'd probably... I probably think there is only, that. I think, yeah, I think there is only realistic options and Spurs don't look like, you know, Spurs don't really yeah, like spending the money. Um, <laughs> Arsenal, are, are Arsenal going to come back and offer more than 45 million quid that they offered last year? 
can't see it myself. You know, I, I worry for him as a say as someone who likes Wolf, and I'd love to see him go on and and play in Champions League and and go on to better things. But I, I I'd have a concern for him that I don't know I don't know how many options there are for him, I, and I don't know if teams abroad would take him. I don't know if he'd want to do that. I, you know, I, I I feel like time's running out for him. And like you say, if, if Roy's going to stay and Wolf's going to stay. What's going to change there? You know, as, and that, and I look at that as a Palace fan. You know, I think if yeah. we if we're going to let Wilf go, we can keep Roy. And I think if we're going to let Roy go, we can keep Wilf. I can't see both of those things happening in, in the same preseason. That's that's the that's the worry. Uh, that's it. Well, well, let's let's move on to talking about about Roy and, and, and moving our way through this. Get to some listener questions in a little bit. Um, so we'll just do a quick look. We've talked about him all season, I'm sure. Well, I know we have from both the review show and the preview show. We've all given our opinions on social media about Roy Hodgson and his tactics and and, and his approach and some of the things Ooh. he's been saying, particularly of late. And uh, yeah, someone's been doing a very good impression of him recently. Go on, uh, go on Heskiff. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, you're on the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's, but that reminds me. There's a, that I've got a mate at work, and one of his favourite things to do, if if there's if there's if he's with two people, he'll say to person A, "Go on, do your impression of person B." And they'll be like, "I don't do an, I don't do an impression." Of you. No, go on, no, he won't mind. He won't mind. Honestly, just do it. He won't mind. Go on, do it. It's so good. It's so good. No, I don't. I don't. I don't do an impression of it. Causes arguments. It's fantastic. Oh, that is a, right. I'll start using that one definitely. With that in mind, go on, Heskiff. Do your impression of Roy. Oh, wait, no, he hasn't got one. He hasn't got one. Yeah, he's <laughs> looking at you like, what? No, if it's the guy saying, is, is he frozen? <laughs> again? I do. do you know what? That that yeah. that, vacant, that vacant expression is actually quite a good impression of Roy. <laughs> that's that's Dude, Roy. Nothing, that, yeah. Specifically, that's Roy thinking about making a substitution. <laughs> Are you right, Heskiff? I'm struggling. I don't know. My it keeps telling me my Wi-Fi is shit, but my Wi-Fi is not shit at all. I mean, oh, my wife always shoot. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's it is entertaining having your face Sorry. freeze every we're now. Talking and then. About, but, yeah. We're talking about Roy. Yeah. So anyway, you're not going to do your impression of Roy, but um, not when you know. want me to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, look, I've said my piece plenty, so I don't really feel the need to, to repeat myself massively. But. Um, Let's get an alternate view. Well, not an alternate, just a view from, from Sam Clacker on Roy Hodgson. He, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is fine as a manager, but it's boring and he needs some sort of inventive play that actually progresses the team rather than just keeps them safe. I think that's... But who do you get in? Not uh, anyhow. Not li- anyhow. I, I would even take Thunderbird Head now over over Hudson, even though I hate Thunderbird him. Thunderbird Head. Isn't that, isn't that one of Terry's lagers? <laughs> <laughs> probably, it's probably delicious as well. It would taste faintly of grapefruit, like they all do. But um, Yeah. No, look, that's a very um, diplomatic way of putting it. How would you put it, uh, Hesketh? Um, yeah, probably similar. I don't, I don't dislike him. I know there are people that who, who don't like him. Patrick O'Connor, looking at you. Um, certainly don't hate the man. You know, my hatred is reserved for the likes of Lewis Dunk, Jesse Lingard, Deli Ali, those sorts of 
little swear words. Um, but with Roy, yeah, it's just, I, I think it's time. I think it's best for everyone if he just leaves with thanks in the summer or not, like now, I guess. Um, so as, you know, say thanks for what he's done. And he took over a really rough time because the, the, the ball rain was awful. As short as it was, it was terrible. Um, and he took over and he steadied the ship. And we played some all right football, I thought. We actually played some really nice football when we had players like Kabai uh, and Loftus-Cheek in the team. And last season was all right, but we started to get a sense of him being too stubborn to change it and being loyal to his players, even though they're out of form. And this season, I think it's just been that times a million. You know, he just doesn't seem to want to change things. Um, even in the, in the post-lockdown, you know, when you look at the Liverpool game with 4-0 down or 3-0 down with half an hour to go, and he just doesn't want to bring on anyone just to save legs. You know, he brings on Pierre for five minutes. You might as well bring him on for half an hour if only to rest the player that you're taking off. Yeah, but Pierrick would have had to buy him five bottles of wine if he got half an hour. <laughs> you can't buy that on a YTS contract. Nah. Um, That's the problem. He, he even said it, though. Didn't he say before the, before the restart that he's been looking at the youngsters and that uh, he's potentially hinting that he'll give them more game time? That's what I don't understand. Why would you say that when you're yeah. lying only to yourself? I mean, forgot. I, I, forgot. I, I still didn't believe it when, when he said that and he proved that to be right. Pierre, what, five minutes and then Mitchell was, was a bit forced as well. So it's, it's, not, then, it's not going to play the youth. But then he ends the season by saying, you know, the you know how well the players did because he was forced to continuously play them. And you just think, you, you weren't, mate. <laughs> you weren't at all. Mm. There were so thing, many you know, opportunities to, to rest players or move people about and make substitutions. You could make up to five. The maximum he made was three. But even in the last game of the season, he made two subs and one of them was on 85 minutes. He got a manager doing that for literally no reason. It's bizarre. And he, he talks about having a small squad, you know, which we do. We do have a small squad, which, OK, might not be his fault. We don't know what happens with the recruitment, but let's just say it's nothing to do with him, not his fault. And he, he brings it up quite a lot, but he makes the squad smaller by not playing these players who are on the bench. Whether I think Mai is a good player or not, whether people think Jairo is a good player or not, you're making the squad smaller by not playing them. We're, we're getting these injuries. Mm. We've got the oldest squad in the league and we're not rotating any of the players. And I'm not saying that that causes every injury we've had, but I don't think it helps. So... On the one hand, yeah, say we've got a small squad, but you at least play the players that are sitting on the bench. I'm I'm not having that Max Meyer is so awful in training that he can't displace James McCarthy for a game. Like I don't believe it. So I think if he does stay, which is a big if, I think with all the rumours swirling around, um, the recruitment is always key anyway. But it, seeing how he uses them is going to be even more interesting. I think. Well, let's say he does stay and we we back him in the market. You know, oh, I mean, no. first of all, you have to sus- suspend <laughs> What was that? Well, what were you saying? That's that's the, the, well, no, that's my worst fear. If if there is yeah. money to spend, I'm, I'm worried about putting yeah. that in Roy Hodgson's hands. Because, I mean, if you suspend for the moment the belief that if you gave him the money to spend, he would buy six 29-year-old defensive midfielders. If you ignore that kind of suspicion that that would happen, and accept that actually he might go out and he might buy young players. And as often gets trotted out by people defending Roy, and look, every respect for anybody who, who's fighting his corner, you know, fair play. If that's what you believe and, you know, you're supporting a Palace manager, I'm not going to criticise you for that. But I would, you know, they do trot out the Ruben Loftus-Cheek thing all the time. Oh, look what happened when he was given a, 
a young promising player. He played him every time and the football was great and blah, 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 blah. Forget it was for about six games. It was actually good, but you know, <laughs> you know, we can all rewrite history if we want, but you know, okay. Look, he's, we, he's were we were at Bristol. We were at Bristol. It was shit. You were shit, Roy. <laughs> that was, sorry. That was the worst. Like, I, can't, I can't remember a game. That has to probably be the, it wasn't this season though. It was, was it last uh, season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, we beat them in preseason, didn't we? I think no, I went you, to that. You need to go. You, you went to the, the one that Albert's referring to was before. That was the cup one when we lost four one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when PVA couldn't play football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went yeah, one yeah. up through Sacco. <laughs> we went one up through Sacco. And, um, yeah, and just then, as we got there. Yeah, <laughs> just rapidly downhill. And Ruben Loftus, <laughs> Ruben Loftus cheek was the epitome of everything that was wrong with that game of football, yeah. along with but, PVA. But, but look, I mean, okay, I'm going to bring well. up Ruben off his cheek. I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I was just I was using him as an example of one of the things people will try out and say, well, this disproves the point that Roy only wants to play experienced players and can't manage young players. I mean, first of all, nobody's really saying that, that he can't manage young players because he has done so in, in his, his career effectively at times. But, you know, you can see it at Palace. He has got less and less willing to use inexperienced players. And he seems to have lost the connection between... How do you get a player from inexperienced to experienced? You give them experience and then they become experienced players. So he's become very myopic in the way that he thinks. He doesn't like to think seemingly more than a game ahead. And that's that's one of the biggest criticisms I have of him. But basically what I was getting to is what you described, Albert, the fear of giving him that money and saying, that backing, saying get who you want in and, and actually having the faith that he still wouldn't pick all Hello, the same, Bobby same players. It, it'd be Bobby Zamora. <laughs> You'd see Bobby Zamora <laughs> finally in a Palace shirt right? at the time that we all least expected it. That's you know that's what we're talking about. Damien Duff would be resurrected from the dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. but but you know that's 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 just how I, I feel about. It. I don't think that he has. I don't think his interests and his way of operating have, have got any real connection with what we need to do next. And when I say next, I don't mean in a couple of years. You know, two three years time. You look at the players we've got. The contracts they're on, the ages they they are. We need we needed to do something last summer, let alone this summer. So we're kind of in a panic, in my view, and I just don't see Hodgson being the right man for that for that situation. But hey, if he's if he's there, let's hope he surprises us. But do you have any further comments on Roy? Um, we made a special pod about Roy, didn't we? Remember when after one game is after the Villa game where we talked about Roy Hodgson and his tactics. So, I mean, if you've listened to that, then you probably know how I feel about Roy Hodgson. I, I think that it's time to move on, even if he's at the club next season. I'm not even that confident that he will keep us up as I was, let's say, at the start of last season. Um, I just feel like he's lost the players a bit. Um, you can see it after his comments with Wilfred Zaha. So, personally, I think he has to go, but I don't, I don't see it happening. If it was going to happen, then I thought. You know, after what the Tottenham game, it would have happened. But we're right now speaking about Roy Hodgson and I'm still at the club, so I don't see it happening. Thankfully, he's not in charge of the transfers fully because I don't even think he knows about Nathan Ferguson yet. He'll probably be surprised when he sees him at the training ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, harsh, harsh. Uh, I just want a quick chat about um, supporters in general and how how you think we as a fan base, including all of us, so we're not judging other people, we're judging ourselves as well. If you sort of sort of go back, because I'm always interested in the idea of perspective, and, and you know when we were sitting in the championship, nearly going out of business, and we were looking at Premier League clubs, I remember looking at some clubs and thinking, "Oh my God, you're you're kicking off about the fact that you might not finish in, in a European place this season," and we, you know, we're weeks of, of going out of business. 
I'll never get like that. I'll never get so entitled that I'll be kicked, screaming for a manager to be sacked when we're, you know, we're comfortably surviving in the Premier League. Yet here I am. And I just wondered what... Um, so I look at that and, I, you know, I can sit here all day and justify the reasons I feel like I do feel about the need to replace Roy Hodgson. And I, and I think it's a logical progression. I, I believe that I've considered all the different angles and the, the situation he's had to work in and how well he's done, but come to the conclusion that he isn't, he's showing an inflexibility and a lack of forward thinking that I think will damage us severely next season and has already damaged us in the last season and a half. But do you think us as a fan base have been have been significantly affected by being in the Premier League as long as we have? Open question. Hmm. Yes, I think is the is the short answer. Um, I mean, the, the the two big examples of of how I interpret what you've just said is uh, is Charlton under Kerbishley and probably Stoke under Pulis. Um, you know, teams that. That, that came up with those managers and did very well under those managers for, you know, sort of in the, in the medium to long term. And then, and it was then that the fans got kind of un, uh, unrestful and were, were getting bored of the stagnation or whatever you want to call it and, and called for those sort of dramatic changes. But I think what sets us apart from, from those two teams is that, you know, we came up very briefly, you know, with Holloway in charge, that didn't work. We changed it. We had Pulis in charge. And I mean, we could sit here and talk about the managerial revolving door that we've had for the last four, year, four or five years. And, you know, ultimately Roy's our most stable appointment we've ever made, but it's not, you know, it's not been since day one in the Premier League. We, we have had this sort of living hand-to-mouth attitude about being in the Premier League and if we need to make a change in order to increase our chances of survival then we do that um I don't think I mean I, I never got on board with the European run that everyone was sort of mooting around the time that we played Burnley and Leicester this season uh listen it, it obviously it's great and I'm I, I'd get on board with it if, if we ever made it but you know you look at Clubs like Burnley, when they made the Europa League, what, two seasons ago, and they're in the bottom three for the first sort of four months, five months of the season. So I think it's the last thing we need. We can't scrape together through a season with the squad that we've got. The last thing we need is to be going to, you know, Azerbaijan on a Thursday night. That would just be the, the death knell in terms of our Premier League status. But like I say, we, we've we never been afraid of making a change to, to increase our chances of survival. Now, I don't think if, again, it's looking into the crystal ball, if 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 we keep Roy, are we going to go down next season? If I had to put money on it, I would say no. I think Roy's a safe pair of hands. And even if you scrape it by a point or goal difference, I think Roy knows how to sort of ensure Premier League survival when we make the change next season. Um Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Eddie Howe at the moment. Um, again, Roy's still at the club. So, Eddie Howe's not an option at the moment because Roy's still at the club. Is Eddie Howe a better option than than Roy Hodgson? Well, he's a bit longer term. I'd, again, I don't think I'd be singing and dancing if we if we replace Roy with Eddie Howe. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the gamble that it's the gamble that the, the the owners have to make. And like I say, we're, we're not, we're not used to having a manager for the last six years and now we're all getting a bit complacent. So I, 
I take your point, Chris, about are we all being a bit sport by being in the Premier League? And, and and yes, we are. We're all used to certain things and being linked with certain players. And we've we've all now got that mindset, even those of us that were at the champ- in the championship games for, for all those years. But it gets to a point where you look at the if you give Roy Hodgson, if we've got 30, 40 million to spend, and that's the only money we've got for the next the only significant money we've got for the next two or three transfer windows. Do you give that to a, a manager that, re, that we, we can we can sit here now and almost safely say that even if he stays, Roy Hodgson is not going to be here at the beginning of next next season. So is that the manager that you give 30, 40, whatever it is, 50 million pounds to, to spend now? And it shouldn't be a decision about money and investment, but that's that's the game. And in the circumstances we're in, every pound matters now you know we're not getting any revenue from x and y and z so that's the decision the owners have to make do you do you take the gamble now or do you play it safe for one more year and playing it safe doesn't guarantee safety um but yeah we are spoiled we are spoiled um luckily i'm gonna make that call but listen if, if we keep boy for another year i'm not i'm not gonna not gonna give my season ticket back i'm not gonna not go to the games i'm not gonna you know, be looking to boo him at any given at any given opportunity. It's um, it's a tough one, but you know, it's a, it's a head versus heart decision at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. Well, you've you've answered for everyone there, Albert. Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. And then we'll come back and we'll do Sam's quiz. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast www.backofthenest.com Question one Excluding this episode how many Back of the Nest podcasts have there been since the start of the 1920 season that includes review, preview, love sport, lockdown and specials? All of those numbers seem way too high. What the hell have we been playing at this year? (laughs) Seriously. What have we been doing? I was told fastest answer wins so I've just clicks yeah that's the the fastest correct correct answer answer. yeah Yeah, well come on so the answer is 115 which nobody got everyone went for a 98 fair play if someone's listened to all 115 (laughs) serious respect for that because that i that is yeah I scored, scored 31 goals. So we had 31 goals to talk about in the Premier League in 150 shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we've done it, but that how many is... goals per show is that? That's not, I mean, that's <laughs> that is, yeah, scary. Incredible. Question two 
like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. This is going to be Which Wasserness team I mean, members that... score the most on podcasts over the course of the season? Sam, Halbert, or Terence? You'll notice not... a theme here. Yeah, there's with... some connection between those three that I'm just trying to put my finger on. <laughs> and notice I did put on podcasts as well. Have you been yeah. I swore a, a lot. Do you actually know the <laughs> answer true. to this question? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh I, I never thought you'd defeat Albert. I just that is. I mean, no, it's not me. I'm a good boy. And considering yeah. Terence got to uh, review the Brighton game and continually said "see unit," that was it was quite impressive. Yeah. Hmm. There's, de- there's definitely about. more swear words than there are goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear when when we score a goal. I'm laughing at your voice because you oh, question know. three. Oh, I think I'm just I laughing at your voice because you actually sound mature. Who was this comment <laughs> from DR about? Is it Mike, Sai, Chris, or Chris? So it was a comment from DR. Okay. Yeah, DR said that comment in one of the shows. Oh, I don't really want to answer to this question. You ain't getting fastest answer for this one, mate. <laughs> Slow and steady. Yeah, yeah. Imagine I get this wrong and you guys get it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The answer was Chris Hambling. And was that, and that was, was using a different mic, or was it because I was I you were hungover? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's because you weren't warning. Like uh, it was a Brighton game. <laughs> Question four: oh, At the end of the season, how many videos are there on the back of the Nest YouTube channel? What the hell have you been doing, Kernas? There were about twenty when I was last time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize uh, there many as well. <laughs> at, at this juncture, can I just ask it, there's a back of the nest YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like and subscribe. <laughs> the answer was Boom. Oh, I'm the one that got it wrong. You got, you got it, it wrong. wrong. You're the one that yeah. took it up, aren't you? Jeez. Over 20,000 views as well. Just for me. Well, mate, the the football's over. Get on there. There's there's so much. I will. There's 156 (laughs) views. It will never be over. 156 156 videos. That's impressive. That's impressive. Moving on to Crystal Palace themed questions. Liverpool conceded their fastest Premier League goal to former Palace player Dwight Gale this season. That is That's a, a question. I like, I <laughs> is that like true or false? That, I feel like you asked that because it is true. How else? Why else would you think that? Like, it has to be true. Yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't that long ago that that may or may not have happened. So it doesn't have to I be just, true. 100%. Yeah. yeah. yeah I just thought, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We'll start you, lull you into a full sense of security <clears throat> and give you a like easy question. Yeah, I know we're, we're halfway through the quiz, Sam, and, hmm. and, and the, the scores are looking interesting, aren't they? Should we, should we have a look at them? We can have a rundown, or should we have a run up? Let's have run, a run up. up. Yeah, Albert Hello. in last place with 12 points, DR in third with 18, Chris second with 22. So now he's going to hate me if he loses this quiz. Sam, you're in the lead. 31. The amount of goals we've scored this season. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, and maybe. you will get no more points. True. Yeah, I'll just end it now. <laughs> Question six. After the pause. Okay. How many times was Luka Milivojevic caught offside this season? Zero, one, two, or three? It was that many times in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has to be zero. He doesn't leave the centre circle, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. It has to I, be. I could, can I change my answer? I don't want. I'm going to leave it where it is. But how many times did he take a decent set piece? <laughs> <laughs> same number of answers. Same options. He scored one. Remember, so, oh, the answer was... was one, and no one got it right. No, I don't even know when it was. I think I remember it. It was definitely. I think it was after lockdown. I think it might have been the Bournemouth game. Uh, there we go. Anyway, I bet he got an absolute bollocking off Roy for being that far. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Question seven: What is the current average age of all the Palace goal scorers from this season? Twenty-seven point eight, twenty-eight point six, twenty-seven point three, or twenty-eight point one. How old is Jordan? Are you? I definitely press the wrong button on this one. Uh, you can click again. I think. I think uh, it's twenty. It's fine. I'll take the loss. I mean, I just obviously mm -hmm. like probably most of you just went for the oldest possible answer. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do that, so I'll take the loss. But, uh, and you would yeah. have been right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Was twenty-eight point six years. That is current age as it stands today. That I didn't take into account birthdays or bother to work all that out. I haven't had a well, single point since I'm we now, are now. now dubious <laughs> about the validity. Validity. What's the word? Now? Validity. Validity <laughs> of the validity. entire quiz. I mean, yeah. what <laughs> a shoddy operation is this? <laughs> it's an excellent question. <laughs> I didn't but... bother to check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Question eight. What was the Palace shooting accuracy this season? 32%, 29%, 38%, or 43%? I'm sure it's about 43% because we only took like two That's shots. Yeah, I was thinking that. I've answered that. I just thought, hang on a second. It could be a lot higher considering how few shots we bother taking. So. I went with the lowest option. No, actually, yeah. afraid. that sounds oh. a bit realistic. Go on. Oh, Thirty-two. Oh, Which... I'm first. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I like how everybody went for something different as well. There we are. Question nine. Which of these players did not finish the season with a score of 80 on Dream Team? Patrick Van Arnholt, Wilfred Zaha, Jordan Ayew or Vicente Gaeta? I don't even Gaeta? know what Dream Team is. What's Dream Team? <laughs> you know, if you're, the if you're referring football. to the, uh, the long-running Sky One football drama, I know what you're talking about because I worked on it. Yeah, yeah you did work uh, on it, didn't you? Final season, mate. Some say the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some might suggest that's not quite true. Is but hey, is, some oh. is you. Oh, I didn't even answer. <laughs> <laughs> you get ten seconds. <laughs> too too busy going on about your fucking TV career. <laughs> um, I, I it was referring to uh, 
fantasy football dream team? Oh, I don't do fantasy football. None of these, none of these players were in my dream team. <laughs> So, so Jordan well, Ayew didn't finish with the season, the season with a score of eight. What does that mean? Because he, he had a higher score. Yeah, he finished oh. with 105. Oh. oh. oh can At we this read, point, read Pam, I, I can't did, believe that. Did you bother checking this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have, I have verified oh, you this. this one, did you? Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm Final trustworthy. Question. Final question. Cool. All to pay for, if you're not me. An (laughs) obvious one, hopefully. Who has enjoyed Sam's quizzes the most? Mike, Chris, Patrick, Nick, or trick question? (laughs) Everyone has loved them. I can't believe it. I've got this wrong. If I lose this... It's going to be Mike. I didn't say Mike. No. I mean, Mike was probably the angriest of anyone. This This is not a sarcastic question. This is a genuine question. I mean, I put, I put the answer I assume you think is true, but you're wrong. <laughs> no yeah. way! Yeah. Yes. It was, in fact, a trick question because everyone has loved them. Agreed. Yeah. Wonderful. I love these quizzes. Yeah. Chris, Chris, did you did you answer your own name in that last question? I didn't know because I knew I hadn't enjoyed them at all. So. <laughs> you want a couple? I can't believe this. I want a few, but I mean, what you know. Sam, well, Mike made the point first that quite quickly Sam's, Sam's quizzes got incredibly tenuous <laughs> and essentially became guesswork about halfway through because they were fun, weren't they? They were fun, but they they didn't really reward the uh, the knowledge of anybody. They rewarded. I don't think I don't think that's true. Who won this quiz? Yeah, oh. I mean, Sh- shall we leaderboard it? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Do the top three, just do the top three. <laughs> <laughs> So since the midway point, Albert has not improved. His score remained at 12. My wife said something similar the other night. (laughs) In third place, making the podium. DR with 33. I I thought it it was the last question. I can't believe it. In second place, Mr. Hambling with 37. But in first place, because it's Team Sam's, 39, Sam Heskiff. It's your age, isn't it, Heskiff? Uh, how dare you is my age. Absolutely not. <laughs> 38. Or, I'm closing that window. Or as D, D, I thought, 24. Thanks, Dear. Yeah, you're actually yeah. young. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, yeah you, you're slightly less kind to me about my age, aren't you, Dear? Because, so. Amber, you, yeah, you do look old. I'm, like, you know, I'm 40, mate. I'm only 40. It's just this sort of silver beard thing. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't help. I thought it was a wonderful oh. quiz, by the way. Thank yeah. You. I could always have mixed feelings about it, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. Just checking out this picture. <laughs> right. Anyway. So it's just Albert posting a picture of Sam's face frozen from earlier into our chat. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I look, I look twenty-five if a day in that photo. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's wrap this wonderful, wonderful event up with some some listener questions. I'll just chuck them out to random members of the team. So uh, I will. Uh, so this first one is from Mister Capri's Parrot, who says, "What's your understanding of the Serloff contract? Any chance of getting him back? Do you want him anyways?" So I'll do the first part and then 
someone else can answer whether they think it'd be worthwhile keeping him. So I believe the contract is obviously so he's got one more year of a loan. And I think at the end of that, um, uh, what are they call Trabs and Spore, there you go. Um, yeah. They have the right to purchase for six million pounds, I think it is, rather than euros. Uh, so they have the right to purchase, and we, we can't stop that happening if they can afford it and the player wants to move. Uh, however, the, it might, the way it might not happen is if Serloff doesn't agree to join them um, for that much, you know, for, for whatever contract they offer uh, and chooses to come back to Palace for his last year or try and force a move. Or similarly, it, it won't happen if they can't afford to make that uh, that deal permanent. So, uh, But as to whether or not we would want him, I, I have mixed feelings because I thought when he played for us, he was basically terrible. Um, he's clearly gone up a level, but I suppose, DR, first to you, knowing, knowing Turkish football like you do, what are your thoughts on him coming back to Palace? Um, he's happy there. He's he's loving it there. Um, I'm not too sure if he won Golden Boot there, but he was he was a top contender. I think I think he has done, but uh, I need to double check him at Trabzonspor. He just he looks like a completely different player, and I guess you have to look at the leagues that you know the league he's playing in, the Turkish league, is not as competitive as the Premier League, and I think that's the main contributing factor. I don't think much has changed for Serloff. Maybe confidence boost, of course. Um, you can see it there. He's more eager to have shots at goal. And you look at Palace this season, we've only scored 41 goals. So you don't think he'll be in opportunities that he was um, at Trabzonspor if he was at Palace. So I think he's enjoying it there, um, his, his time at Trabzonspor. And I feel like he will opt to go there rather than come back to Palace. Because even if he wants another move away from there, I don't think he sees his future at Palace regardless. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest fan of um, Serloff for, due to what team he's joined there. But, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you getting shirty on social media about him. Uh, so the sort of follow-up for that uh, is from Jedi, which is saying uh, Serloff's going to shed loads in Turkey and Odson Edward scoring shed loads in Scotland. But which is the strongest league and the better player? Uh, and he's citing a couple of sources saying that the Turkish league is better than the Scottish league. Um, but obviously, I suppose the comparison he's doing there, and I'll let you take this one, Hescliff, is you know people probably seem a little bit more keen on on Odson Edward from Celtic than they do effectively keeping our own player. Um, and what do you make of that? Um, well, I think that I don't I don't really watch much of either, to be honest. I think the Turkish league is probably stronger than the Scottish league by. Just because they got more than two like half decent teams, Fenerbahce is obviously the best team. Yes. Uh, but um, as to, I think the problem with Serlot is he's obviously like, he's obviously doing really well this year. But the times that I saw him play for Palace, he just didn't look like he had footballing intelligence. If that makes sense, he'd make weird runs. He looked he he, he just didn't look like he was going to get in the right position. Obviously, he's doing that in Turkey, so good luck to him. But I just, yeah, like you, like you, Hamba, I just didn't really rate him when he played for us. Um, Edouard, when I have seen him, he looks really good. Um, I am half French, so I just want French players. So I'll say I would rather have him than Serlot. Um, but yeah, he looks really good. He, he sort of looks like he can hold the ball up um, in the way that Benteke has been doing much better of late. Uh, he's He's strong on the ball, he takes shots from, from all over the place, scores goals, all variety of goals from what I've seen. Um, whether we'll be able to get him off Celtic, I don't know. I'd love it because he's young, 
um, that you know that the fabled resale value is obviously going to be there if he comes to us and does really well. Um, so I think he'd be a really good signing. But whether we have the money to do it, whether he'd want to come to Palace as opposed to you know a Leicester who have Brendan Rodgers, who I think signed in for Celtic, uh, I don't know. Um, but I think it'd be a very exciting signing if we were able to get him. Yeah, I think you're you're right in the sense. I think he's the better player for sure. And I think a lot of things, not just about the um, standard of the league in Turkey, it's just a bit that thing about confidence, isn't it? You know, Serlov's gone there and he's just gained in confidence all the time. And that, you can see the things that he's doing, you know, the runs he's making, the, um, you know, the power that he's kind of playing with. Because you saw when he played for us, he was, you know, he's a big unit, but he never really played with that kind of level of certainty never put himself about or anything like that. Whereas you see how he's playing in Turkey. He's such a physical player. Um, and he's also, you know, showing the pace that we very rarely saw from him, um, as well as a sort of a degree of speed of thought. But I think if you were to bring him back into the team, the way it currently plays, you know, look at the effect our, our style of players had on the strikers that we've got. You know, we'd just, we'd just ruin his confidence, I think. Um, and he would become the player that left us rather than the player that he currently is. So I don't really see a future for him at Palace. And I think, as you say, Edward, with the skill that he has, uh, as well as he, you know, he's he's quite a good athlete, and he's, um, you know, he's just a, you know, a, a better quality of footballer, uh, even though he is playing in Scotland. And we've seen some pretty terrible players look superb in Scotland over over the years. Anthony Stokes. Um, right. Okay. Next up. Um, Albert, you can take this one. What needs to be done over the short break? And do you think having a shorter season will be the end of our shallow ageing squad? So we've obviously got a very short time until we have to start again in September. Um, and does that, or, you know, does it make it even harder for us to to deal with how old our squad is? Wow. Well, mm. we we're shit at transfers basically <laughs> yeah we are yeah yeah, yeah. the transfer that. window could be 9 months long and we would still wait until the last like few hours to actually try and do anything so i mean all the noise is coming out of the club about we want to sign younger players you know we want to do business early i mean this is all coming from roy hodgson i've not seen any quotes from anybody else to sort of base an opinion on, um, it's just—I it, mean—it's just a very strange time for football. I don't know how busy the transfer market's gonna gonna be in general. Really, I mean, I know you know Sky Sports love to do the old totalizer of how many billions has been spent in a transfer window, and I mean, I think they'll they'll struggle to get blood from that stone this time around. And you know, we we've done the Nathan Ferguson deal early, but we haven't done it early because. You know, we we should we should have signed him in January or wanted to sign him in January and left it late and the, the medical failed and you know it's kind of a bit of a again it's a, it's a very promising signing but you look at it and you think well we knew that was happening I think we spoke about it on preview pod um, yeah. I don't know who else we're going going in for necessarily I, you know there's a little talk about SA or Easy from QPR who I was talking about today and really had the the dampness put on that by a couple of QPR fans I spoke to. Uh, they were like, listen, if you give us 15 million quid for him, mate, we'll drive him there ourselves type thing. Um, yeah. We've heard that from people before when of they, course, uh, of course, and we, you know, we say it about, go on. Yeah. I was just saying, we, we've said it about 
some players in the past that we've probably liked until the time that they went they decided that they wanted to leave but sometimes it's true as well because we would have said it about Jordan much and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and how wrong we were it's not worth it's not worth uh, anything though interestingly they were sort of saying oh if you're looking to play him as a striker you're looking for the wrong player but whatever we're we are famously slow in any given transfer window and I think um, I think a lot depends on on who we let go obviously you know we're all waiting to see how the Wilf ongoing saga resolves and what money that brings in and I mean listen we've got 50 million quid for Wan-Bissaka last year, but we, we didn't exactly see that money get thrown into the squad. And, you know, for probably very valid reasons. Um, but I think there's just a lot, there's a lot of floating balls up in the air at the moment, um, least of all mine. And there's, a, <laughs> you know, the man, the managerial situation needs to be resolved, whether that whether that's purely a, a vote of confidence from the board and coming out and saying, you know, we're, we're with Roy for another year. You know that needs to be resolved very, very quickly um, before we can even look to start turning players around. So, listen, we all like signings. We all want to make, bring players in that are going to turn us from a, you know, going to give us an extra glimmer of hope and excitement on the pitch. But I think this this transfer window, more than ever, it's it's going to be a very cautious one. And I'd love to say, yeah, we're going to flip players around and we're going to get rid of all the dead wood and replace it with young, promising, exciting championship players or foreign gems that no one's heard of. But it's just not the way our club is run at the moment. So no. know, I hate to be a downer on it, but I just can't see major changes to the first eleven. No, I think that's that's probably fair. Although, you know, there's all sorts of rumours of player. You've mentioned one in there in terms of, of Eze and Eric CPFC has asked, do we think he'll come to Palace? And I, I would just say it depends what you read, really. You know, there's some people saying nailed on for West Ham. There's some people saying there was a podcast, I forget the name of it, apologies, where Eze had appeared as a guest back in May, I think it was. Uh, and they recently tweeted that he actually wants to join Palace. Um, so whether you feel that they've said that with some kind of prior knowledge, I don't know. But I guess we'll wait and see on that. Um, so I've got a question for you to deal with. DR and then one for you to deal with Sam. Actually, Sam, we'll do yours first and then we'll uh, we'll come back to DR. Your question, Sam uh, Clacker, is from Selhurst Exile, Dyche, Hodgson, or how? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of those awkward pauses. Uh, Another. Another. So you've been given three options and you're refusing to choose any of them. Seems. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Yeah, yeah I can't. I can't. I, I think I can't that's fair. Stop you doing that. Um, I don't. I don't see what the point of switching out Hodgson for somebody who is equally as boring would be. So. Uh, what are they both? Or, yeah. Both equally as boring. <laughs> I would say, in fairness, one is considerably more creepy, but probably less boring. Who's <laughs> um, that? I'm not going to name names, but you can, you can pick one of two, and I'm going to describe what, what I feel about. And the and the other one, I'm just I'm just not sure is the right fit for Palace. Um, so that's what I'd say about them. But I would prefer either creepy Thunderbird face or gravel voiced. Uh, I said a, nearly said a word I can't say. The gravel voiced man. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> myself into trouble if i'm not careful that um but yeah he yeah yeah I, I would prefer either of those gentlemen to another season of roy if i'm being brutal about it 
Seriously. Well, that's your opinion. I mean, you're entitled to it. <laughs> 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 All right, sir. Jesus Christ. Oh, I just asked you one simple question, and now it's turned into this. Uh, DR, your question is, which one player would you sign from each of the three teams that have been relegated this season? Why are you putting so, in a Norwich, like <laughs> yeah. Bournemouth, yeah. and Watford. Which player would you sign from Norwich? Well, I leave the Watford one to Albert. Uh, <laughs> he has more knowledge there. <laughs> but um, the Norwich one, I'll say Todd Cantwell. I think he's a very good footballer, um, good on the ball. Um, and we need another attacking, attacking threat going forward. I feel like we haven't got many quality options up there. So Cantwell would be a realistic option. I mean, Max Harris, he was linked with the club previously, but uh, we got Nathan Ferguson now, so I don't think we need them. So Cantwell from Norwich. And from Bournemouth, he'll probably have to be Brooks. Um, he's showing quality there is, you know, this season um, instead of Ryan Fraser, who, you know, he, he's coming to the side. So he's looked positive there. And from Watford, um, I said I'll leave it to Albert. So Albert, um, go ahead with Watford. You know, <laughs> this is your special week. Listen, look, there's Watford out there, right, in that window. I can't, I can't make it any clearer. I'd sign, I'd sign, I'd sign Troy Deeney and then I'd say, get out. Please. Strong, strong words. Strong words from Albert. Sorry. Would you say so? uh, So Ishmael so? Yeah. Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, Bakure is good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, well remembered, Albert from. uh, Yeah. He just on the terrace. Yeah. 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 Um, So, who did you say from Bournemouth? Dr. I was reading something. Brooks. Brooks. So yeah, a lot of people saying Brooks. Well, of course, we're strongly linked with Ryan Fraser as well on a free. Um, how do you feel about that? Technically, not uh, a former player. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, former. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Can't argue um, with I would, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Ryan Fraser at the club. Um, it, I, I, I'm not really into his. Of course, his wages are important, but what, hundred thousand a week? It does sound a lot. But who else are we going to get? I mean, who else are we going to get? That's 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 quality. I don't, I don't see. I don't see it happening. There, there's been Ezzy, of course, who's been rumored, but. Um, he could potentially go to West Ham because he's linked with West Ham and they've got Hugo, who who both parties want but, uh, a player from each team. So it fits them better to do business with West Ham QPR than us. So I feel like a realistic option would be Ryan Fraser. Um, if we get Ryan Fraser, it doesn't mean that we, we shouldn't get Brooks because Andrus Townsend has peaked, I think. And we saw it this season. So we do need another uh, wide option out there. So I wouldn't mind both of them in all honesty. You're saying Andros has peaked. He used to be peak, but now he's peaked. Yeah, he's peaked. His form, he, his game has peaked. <laughs> All right, I'm just enjoying the, enjoying the slang there. <sighs> oh, um, yeah, one last. This isn't a question, but I think it's quite ni- a nice message to finish on. It's from Daniel Schilling, Dave Pinhead. Spell head differently. Uh, he says, no question. Just a thank you for your wonderful podcast, effort, hard work, and keeping most of us sane during lockdown. And he's put a big kiss at the end. So I think that thank you, Daniel. That's hugely appreciated. And that's a big well done to to all of you as well. All of you there. You know, Sam's and, and Albert and DR. Well done, PS everybody. Preview pod especially or <laughs> No, I didn't didn't say that. Look, listen, you guys <laughs> you guys get a lot a lot of the love and attention because of your, you know, your irreverent style. And your your you know Sam's language does swearing yeah it's the yeah. swearing yeah yeah you guys you guys keep it real for us you know and that's what it's all about 
Well, we're fair, Campbell. No, we don't keep it real. Terence comes on every week and talks about grapefruit-based <laughs> disco cans of lager. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, I'll be honest, having seen from the quiz the number of podcasts we've put out this season, you know, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive, I have to say. And the, when you couple that with the video content, it seems like we're hell-bent on world domination. But it is nice to get that recognition. And we had lots of lovely messages throughout the course of the year. And quite frankly, some, some grief as well, which I always enjoy. So, um, Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've tried blocking your numbers, but you seem to have a new one every week. It's, uh, it's very frustrating. <laughs> but, um, but no, we've we've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, you know, I'm sure Terence is gutted he couldn't be here this evening. As uh, um, Mike Scott and Chris Clark are some some reason holidaying together in Cyprus at the moment um, during the pandemic. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean essentially they're doing exactly what they would be doing in this country, but but in Cyprus, which is going to pubs. Can't knock it. No, I'd no, said exactly. I'd said flashes of going on holiday with Hesketh and like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <You can> imagine. <laughs> Where would you guys go? Iron Apple. Been there, <laughs> done that. Same. So probably before Dr was born. Jeez. Yeah, I mean I, I was planes back then. I did Ibiza in '98, and that's two years before you were born, isn't it, Dr? Oh, I had this Humber. You was born in like 1940s. I'm not even too sure, but you've gone through. Different errors. Back in the day, you used yeah, to watch buy some black, black and white TV. Or nineteen forties, because one no, is nineteen forties. <laughs> You've got middle for diddle there. Yeah, <laughs> Amber used to watch Palace and black and white TVs. He's told me lots of stories on other trips away. I, I did have a black and white TV. That is true. As a kid, yeah. But um, but that's because he didn't have to have a TV license for him. You know, I grew up in uh, oh. in, in... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm not that, not that old, dear. Even though I feel less like your football dad now, I don't see you very much. But, yeah, but yeah. We haven't lost an away game though together. No, never, never lost an away game that we've gone to. Together, never. So that's, yeah. um, that's something. And now we've stopped going to them at all. That that record can stay. Exactly. But anyway, look. You know, looking to the future, guys. You know, are we hoping at some point we might be able to get back in the the stadium again? Are you missing it? The the actual experience <laughs> of going to games, or have you? With 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 Palace as they are, you're kind Definitely. of thankful you don't have to go. Definitely, I'm <laughs> happy. I'm happy as it is. I'll be honest with you. I mean, well, how many goals have we seen at Selos this season? Because we've we've scored 41 goals throughout the season. So how many was there was them at Selos? So what yeah, like, like 15, 15 goals? Yeah, if that yeah, been pretty yeah. depressing. But you know, look, fingers crossed, it'll be a, a brighter season next next time out. So not long to wait. Um, obviously, transfer window will potentially be exciting given how much work we have to do, but we've outlined our fears on that respect. So, all that remains to say is to obviously, first of all, thank everybody who's been on today. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, DR. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, Albert. Yep. Uh, appreciate your time. And um, thank you for listening to everything we've done this season and watching our content on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, like, share all of our content, and uh, we'll see you again very, very soon. Thank you. Oh, and up the palace. <laughs> <laughs>
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.